What's up, y'all? I am Marcus, also known as EMB, and welcome to the Poison Arrow Podcast for October 31st, 2016. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Switch, Twitch, Bethesda's review policy, and my own personal project are the topics today. Between Twitch talk and my project, it will be a bit more personal than usual, but I think the Twitch versus YouTube topic is going to be pretty relevant to a lot of folks in any case. First up, the Switch. Nintendo has revealed their new console, and I think it's pretty damn genius. Game consoles in general these days just can't keep pace with PCs, and the appeal of consoles is increasingly a cheaper, more convenient alternative with a library of exclusive content that you can't get on PC. The Switch doesn't try to compete on the PC's terms at all. It promises an experience that the PC can't give you. If you're playing a game and you need to go somewhere, you just pick it up and take it with you. Combine that with how nuts people go over Nintendo's first-party IPs, and you've got a very strong starting point. So, let's look at this another way. How could Nintendo fuck this up? First and foremost, by asking too much for it. If it's too expensive, it could price itself right out of the market, and the built-in screen is going to add to the cost. But, Nintendo is unlikely to make that particular mistake. They know their targets don't care about the highest fidelity graphics. They'll let Microsoft and Sony fight that losing battle with the 4K and the Pro. Another way they could screw it up? Not enough third-party support. Sony and Microsoft have been making strides to make it easier for PC-oriented developers to release their games on console. It's possible that games created for high-end PCs just simply won't work on the Switch or will be a nightmare to port. Having said that, Nintendo seems to be at least aware of the problem. Skyrim was was shown as a third-party title on the Switch. Like, the, the image, Skyrim on the go, <laughs> is a powerful image for a lot of people. Having said that, it was later revealed that Skyrim wasn't planned for the Switch at the current time. So that was some fucking shady-ass marketing right there. Uh, several games that aren't even planned to be on the system were shown as mock-ups in the initial reveal trailer. And uh, it's a dirty trick. It's a dirty trick. But at the same time, it also kind of shows and reveals what they were thinking, what they were worried about. They want to show that this will be a more powerful console than the Wii U, and that it has the potential to let you play some exciting titles on the go that you might not expect. Unity and Epic are both promising support for devs who are looking to use Unity and Unreal to develop games for the Switch. And Nintendo rolled out a nice list of developers who will be supporting the Switch, including one that is very important to me and a lot of you guys as well. FromSoft. Now, the idea of Dark Souls on the go is very, very, very appealing, but I would look for something different. Um, first parties often offer bounties or incentives to utilize their new technologies, and uh, often this comes in the form of either direct funding or special marketing considerations. And this is something where, you know, developers can take a risk on a project that they otherwise might not be able to because it's being offset by a first party because they want them to use the new technology. Uh, I will remind you that FromSoft also worked on Steel Battalion Heavy Armor, I think along with Capcom. Uh, and this is when the when the uh, Kinect was being pushed by uh, Microsoft. Uh, and that is considered to be one of the worst games of the modern era. Uh, I'm not trying to be a doomsayer here, but I do think we should curb expectations. Just, just, let's just, let's not get too excited just yet. Of course, Nintendo must realize that mobile Dark Souls would immediately garner a huge amount of interest in the Switch from gamers that it might not otherwise reach. Another way they could fuck this up, 
continuing to put too much emphasis on the 3DS. They've already announced that they will continue to support the 3DS, and I think there's quite a bit of overlap there. It's a possibility that they will cannibalize their own sales with this. Pushing multiple incremental upgrades of the console would be another issue. In some ways, I'm amazed that Nintendo hasn't put off many consumers with this behavior in the past, but they tend to aim for younger markets and new audiences, and by the time people are hooked on those first-party IPs, well, then you ain't got any choice but Nintendo, really, do you, baby? So I guess maybe this time they're just going to let Sony and Microsoft piss people off with incremental upgrades. I don't know. We'll see. Finally, one final way, one final way that they can fuck this up. Um, batteries. If the thing has no battery life, it'll be an overpriced, underpowered home console. Batteries. Pay attention. Let's see how long these batteries will actually last. Overall, this system looks like a winner to me, much more so than the Pro and the 4K, but uh, it depends on Nintendo's ability to deliver reliable technology with good third-party support at the right price point. And I have faith in them to do two out of the three. Uh, If I had to guess, I would say that they would definitely hit the price point. Um, Whether or not the tech will actually be powerful enough and the battery will be reliable... Uh, and the controllers will work, like everything will go smooth, and their online services, like how they handle their old IP catalog is really, really important. Like, are they going to make all of the virtual console stuff available on this as well? Like, how they're going to handle their store? Like, we'll see. And as far as the good third-party support, I will fucking believe it when I see it. I mean... Maybe. Maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the system where they they actually get back to those good old Super Nintendo days. I don't know. Oh, and I suspect this thing will also play mobile games. Just calling that now. Um, I'm I'm just throwing that out there because that's just, that's such an important thing in the Japanese market. And it's a direction that Nintendo has kind of like tipped their hand a little bit that they're starting to go that way. And I will say this, if it does, if it supports mobile games... And it also offers some major last-gen titles like Skyrim or Dark Souls as games that you can take with you on the go. Then this thing will be a fucking monster, monster, monster console. Both domestically in the Japanese market and overseas. Speaking, by the way, of Skyrim, Bethesda. Bethesda, 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 Bethesda. What did you do this time? What did you do this time? Uh, Bethesda has announced a new policy. They will not send out review copies of video games more than one day in advance. No review copies will go out more than one day in advance, they say. Uh, In general, obviously, press people are livid. They are pissed off and they're trying to convince consumers that this is an anti-consumer practice and that Bethesda is the fucking devil. Hmm, okay, uh, before I give my take on this, before I give my take on this, let me just say, I fucking hate Bethesda. I bought Skyrim on the PlayStation 3 and that shit didn't work worth a fuck 
to hell with them. I won't buy any of their games. I don't recommend that you buy any of their games. I know a lot of people adore them, and I think it's the sort of thing where you either can just deal with the technical problems that seem to be present in everything they ever release because you love the scale of it and the majesty, or you just fucking hate their sorry asses like me. I fucking hate Bethesda. Uh, I also want to say this. Bethesda isn't doing this for noble reasons. No, 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 no. This isn't a principal thing. This is fucking business. Bethesda, oh my god, they release buggy pieces of shit. They don't want the press getting the games early and revealing that the games are buggy pieces of shit. Furthermore, they're big enough and their games are anticipated enough that they don't need the press, okay? They can rely on YouTubers and Twitch streamers to spread awareness of their games and often in a more positive light than the press would, so yeah, Bethesda is the devil. That said, I love the concept of everyone getting the game at the same fucking time. In the first place, I think most gaming news sites continue to exist not because of the quality of their content, but instead due to being the only sources for information pre-release for many titles. Uh, If their work was that valuable, if they were doing that good a job, it would still be valuable a week after release. It isn't. They know it. They want the games early. So fuck that. I say throw the doors open to actual competition and games coverage. Uh, The people who are doing the best job of breaking down the games, not just the ones who get them early, will thrive. And I say this as someone who quote-unquote got famous playing Dark Souls early, as someone who has played several games early, and as someone who has, in general, moved away from early access. When I reviewed Dragon's Crown at the same time as large media sites due to having a Japanese copy, my review was much more positively received. I went into a lot more depth. I actually talked about the game systems rather than just ass and titties. I believe people genuinely want deeper content on games, but right now, the people who would provide it are choked out by a lack of early access in a world in which people expect day one reviews. The games media, also, they're in bed with publishers whether they know it or they know it. They know it. They're in bed with publishers whether they admit it or not. Whether any individual uh, writer knows it or admits it or not, They are in bed with the publishers. They need early copies of games. By getting them, they are able to continue to exist. I'm not saying they don't throw out some bad scores here and there. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying (laughs) is that they do tons of marketing for these games pre-release and they sell it as news. Uh, I've told you guys about this before. Uh, I'm on some of those mailing lists. The press release comes to my mailbox. I open up Google and there it is word for word as news all over the web. It's just a press release from the fucking publisher, okay? Uh, A lot of the people leading the charge for certain people to get games early are the people who get the games early. Hello, hello. They're also the same ones that hype the game up for months ahead of time by passing along each little nugget that they get from the publisher as if it's exciting news when they haven't seen the game in action. They don't have a clue if it's exciting or not, but every little fucking thing will be news because people will click on it and their job is to sell advertisements, okay? That's the truth. Some people are going to say that uh, Bethesda's policy, this this uh, no early review copies, uh, th- this is anti-consumer. Uh, people won't have information on a game before they buy it. There's some truth to this. There is absolutely some truth to this. Uh, On the other hand, people need to learn to wait a week or two. (laughs) Seriously. 
Uh, I honestly believe the people who will buy day one without a review, they would buy most of these games anyway. And the people who would wait will benefit if new outlets are able to emerge as a result of all of this. Particularly if they manage to do it without any interaction with the publishers, without any support from the publishers. If they're not in bed with the publishers in the first place, if they're not indebted to them from receiving early copies, I think they're much more likely to actually give you the real skivvy on the games. But beyond all of that, on a more important conceptual level can we please just all get the games at the same goddamn time for fuck's sake staggered releases in different territories dlc getting quote-unquote leaked a week early on one platform versus another early press releases broken street dates please please let's fucking stop this madness I mean, th- this just wrecks the community for the games when this shit happens. It- it's not good. I don't think it's even good for uh, sales of franchises long term. Like, it- it's it's not good. It destroys that communal discovery, and you can never get that back, too. I just, man, at a conceptual level, I believe that we should all be getting these games at the same time. I think that most of the media whether they admit it or not, whether they like it or not, they are mouthpieces for the publishers because they will get you hyped up for something. They will pass every little bit, every little bit along to you as news. And um, yeah, I think the real issue is that just Bethesda changing on their own won't matter at all to the overall industry. It would take a score of large publishers following suit to affect real change. Uh, you do have companies like Namco that are bringing in YouTubers and streamers, which reduces the power of traditional media to an extent. But I don't see any mass exodus of publishers for the time being. So it all, all this really means at the end of the day right now is that people will still hype Bethesda's latest release. It's still It's still going to be buggy. But everyone who bought it on day one can legitimately bitch that they didn't know. The media is going to heroically lament that even in their selflessness, they couldn't protect the poor, frail consumer. And I'm going to say, y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. No, y'all motherfuckers need to just wait a week. (laughs) Wait a week before you buy that shit. And it's easier said than done, I know. I mean, you know, if it was me, if it was a new Souls game, I would buy it day one. But I would do that regardless of reviews as well. So whoop de doo I seriously think this is a much bigger deal to the press who make their living off of getting early copies of games than it is the actual consumer at the end of the day. Because people who won't wait wouldn't wait anyway. And the people who will wait might actually end up getting better coverage. And I mean that as, you know, they might get better coverage if... New outlets emerge that can make it work because people aren't expecting day one reviews and they're giving deeper coverage. This That would be like a long-term thing, right? Like, I'm not saying like, right now, you're going to get better coverage because people don't have day one coverage. No, that's not that's not what I mean. That's, that's not what I mean. This would be a long-term thing. Okay, okay, enough, enough. So, Twitch versus YouTube. Um, I can put it off and I can put it off and I can put it off and I wish I could put it off some more, but... I need to talk about it, so here we go. Uh, At this point, I have very limited plans to return to YouTube, with the exception of occasional polished videos that will be cross-posted from Twitch. 
Uh, I'm currently waist deep in developing my own game and it doesn't leave a lot of time for making polished videos, let alone dealing with all the headaches that go along with it. I will try to explain this as well as I can. First of all, <laughs> first of all, uh, five years of dealing with the toxicity of YouTube comments without any real moderation tools at my disposal has really worn on me. Um, and at various points, I, I kind of became desensitized to it uh, and it ceased to bother me or rather it, it bothered me less. It's, it's, it's always bothered me. It's just sometimes it bothers me more, sometimes it bothers me less. But uh, it wasn't really until the other day when I logged back into YouTube to answer some messages that I really, for the first time, I think I really truly appreciated how bad it was. Like it's been something that it's crept up slowly over time. And it's just gotten worse and worse and worse over time, especially as the channel got larger. And it's just kind of, you get used to it bit by bit. And so you just don't appreciate how bad it is until you're away from it for a while and you come back. And I mean, in the, in the two months that I've been streaming on Twitch, there really haven't been any issues at all. Uh, I've banned all of two people out of thousands in the past months and one of those sent me a private message and apologized afterwards and got unbanned and you know hangs out on the channel still so uh one person that i've banned personally i know a couple of people got banned for well i know a bunch of like spam bots got banned but i don't know i think a couple of people got banned for trying to spoil some dlc when the title specifically asked them not to but, you know, that's just, you know, if you're a dumb shit, you're going to get banned, man. But I didn't even do it. It was my, my mods. And that's the simple existence of moderation tools means there's very little actual moderation to do. I have a team of people that I trust and respect who watch my back on it. And usually someone from Twitch staff sitting in the chat to help out to boot. Like, I mean, and it's never needed. Because it's just 500 to 1,500 people hanging out live, having a blast. Contrast YouTube, where I've received death threats. I've been told to kill myself. I've had violence threatened against my family. I've dealt with the ever-present sexism and racism. And uh, I really haven't had any recourse to it, you know. I, I could block the person who was saying whatever, but they could still post on my videos. I just wouldn't see it. That's the dumbest shit ever. Um, I'm going to read you a couple of actual YouTube comments. I'm only, I'm only, I'm only going to read two because it's the sheer like quantity of these things that are similar to this is just staggering. So, um, here's one, uh, what a shitty present lol. His wife has a horrible taste XD. Tell the bitch to return it. All right. Well, you know, that's, that's kind of nasty, but you know. You get used to that sort of stuff, right? It's no big deal. All right, here's another one. Hey, EMB, I fingered your daughter in her sleep and she acid rained all over my dick. Okay, that one's about my, at the time, two-year-old daughter. Um, It's sickening. I mean, it's fucking sickening. These are pretty obvious trolls. Uh, but when you deal with enough of this, it gets fucking old. And it's all the fucking time. And YouTube doesn't really give a shit. So you're saying, okay, well, those are just those are just normal trolls. That, that's normal. First of all, that's not normal. That's not acceptable behavior. You say, well, it's the internet. No, fuck that. 
it's the internet is not a real good, that's not a good excuse for being a douchebag. It's not. Um, but here's another incident. Uh, back when I was working on the official Bloodborne strategy guide, uh, I couldn't reveal what I was working on. I was under NDA, couldn't talk about it. Uh, and I was honestly too busy to keep up with answering comments on old videos anyway. So one gracious individual took it upon themselves to begin spreading rumors that I was in rehab for drug abuse. Uh, and I'll give them this. <laughs> this son of a bitch was dedicated. Uh, they answered questions about where is Ian B at and is he dead across months worth of my videos with messages like Ian B had to go to rehab or uh, let's play, let's play, yeah, fuck. Let's pray for EMB to recover from his drug addiction, etc. Um, that shit was over months of videos answering countless questions where people are like, hey, where's EMB? Oh, he's in rehab, you know? And it's one of those things where anyone who knows me, anyone who's been following me for a while is easily going to see right through that. Yeah, I mean, you're just not going to fall for it if you know me at all. But you look at this from the perspective of a random viewer who has only seen one or two of my videos and they tune in and they see people asking, hey, where, where's EMB? And somebody else is like, oh, he's in rehab right now. Uh, he's, he's addicted to drugs. There were actually people buying this nonsense. You know, th this is a tort. This isn't a criminal offense, but this is a civil offense called libel. It's a statement or representation published without just cause, intending to expose another to public contempt. Libel. So this is something that you can actually be sued for, right? Uh, and yet, I couldn't even prevent the person who was posting those comments from doing so on my own channel. I reported them to YouTube, never heard anything back, as usual. And that brings me to my next point. I have never received a response from YouTube about anything, anything, period, period. I've never, never heard anything from YouTube, ever. With Twitch, there's a person I can call. His name is Zach. If I call Zach and he isn't around, he'll call me back when he gets my message. Uh, Zach gives me advice. He tries to help me succeed as a broadcaster, you know, making the transition from, from, uh, pre-recorded content to live is, is, is kind of tricky. He's been very helpful. He clarifies rules when I have questions and he respects me when I choose to do things my own way because I don't take all of his advice. Uh, and it isn't just Zach, uh, Shime Saba, uh, a data scientist with Twitch, Revan and Gibbed, global mods and admins, uh, dev success engineers. There's always someone from Twitch in contact with me when I need it. Contrast YouTube, where I've made over 730 videos in five years, ended up with around 400,000 subscribers. I have over a million views on my channel at this point. I've never even gotten a fucking automated response from them. Not even an automated response that I can recall. And absolutely never talk to an actual person. Okay? That's fucking stupid. The difference is night and day. Uh, nowadays, if you volunteer to work for YouTube as a quote-unquote hero and earn more than 400 points, you can actually contact YouTube staff directly. Uh, okay. 
All right, what about an individual who has invested thousands of hours into making videos for your service and depends on it for a substantial part of their livelihood? What about that person? And then there's the point that they now reserve the right to demonetize anything for pretty much whatever reason. If they don't think it's suitable for advertisers, it's demonetized. You know, if you're doing it as a hobby, as I did in the beginning, as I have in the past, that's fine. You don't care, right? But if you're counting on it to pay your bills, that's not so good. So the interactive experience on Twitch is better by virtue of being live in real time. The moderation tools are better by virtue of fucking existing. The communication is night and day better. What about money? Since that's what a lot of people are going to say this is all about. And I see why they would say that. Because straight up, no lie, Twitch wins that one too. Uh, If we look at the situation as being Twitch versus YouTube, mutually exclusive, you can only do one. Twitch wins by a mile in my case. And it was hard for me to believe that that was going to be the situation going into this, right? Like, I, I just, I couldn't really picture I couldn't picture it being the case it just I I didn't I was you know I've leased an office for three months as a trial so that I could try streaming out for a little bit and I would have faster internet to upload some videos and you know I was fully prepared to stream for a couple of weeks realize that well this probably isn't going to work and then uh, get back to making my videos like I always have Um, but I earn more money for my family on Twitch period Uh, And I can't talk the specifics for either YouTube or Twitch thanks to the contracts. Like there's clauses in the contracts that say you can't discuss uh, exactly how much you get for whatever. Uh, But my subscriber numbers on Twitch are public. I'm currently at about 1,850 subscribers. And uh, some Googling will, will quickly tell you about how much I get per subscriber. Uh, the tips, donations, and bit cheers, which are uh, Twitch-specific donations, those are all public too, so you can find that information. And it's absolutely insane how much support I've received. Even better than that, the people who have done it seem happy about it. They seem to want me to succeed. They want me to succeed on Twitch. They're happy I'm there. Uh, and with Amazon Prime... <laughs> On top of that, Amazon's now dumping money into Twitch. They're giving every single Prime subscriber a free channel subscription on Twitch. If you have Amazon Prime, you can go to any streamer that's partnered on Twitch and subscribe to their channel for free, and you're just giving them free money at that point. That's just fucking mind-blowing. Uh, I, I'm I'm just sitting here waiting for someone to pull the rug out from under me, right? Like, it, this just seems crazy. And I know what some people are going to say. They're going to say, well, see, you're admitting it right now. You're saying the money's better, and that's what it's about. Money, 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 money. Uh, it's true. Money is a factor. Money's a factor. Uh, I didn't think I would be able to stream on Twitch because I wouldn't be able to support my family with it, but it turns out that I can actually earn even more money on Twitch. But money is just a symbol. It, it only matters what you actually do with it. So what am I going to do with more money? What am I going to do? Well, frankly, more money means more time. It means I can spend more time with my daughter and more time working on my game. And you can ask anyone who frequents my Discord. I still work far more hours than your typical 9 to 5. But now I'm able to put that time into something that I desperately want to make. I am absolutely driven to do my own game development to make my designs a reality. 
and more money per hour means I spend more time trying to make that dream a reality and still get to take time to spend with my family. So yes, Twitch wins easily in terms of money. However, I will say that Twitch and YouTube are not mutually exclusive, right? I could do both. I'll discuss that in a minute, but first uh, I need to address the style of content. On Twitch, I play games freely as I want. You know, if I want to grind for hours on Cave Story Hard Mode Ending C Deathless attempts, I do. And I've gotten pretty fucking, pretty fucking good at it too. I managed to make it all the way, all the way to and to beat the first core fight uh, with only five deaths. So I was pretty fucking pleased about that. But that's still not Deathless and that's still not the ending. If I want to play Ninja Gaiden 1 on the NES without continues, I do. If I want to casually summon and PvP my way through Dark Souls 3 while talking random shit, it's no problem. It's a fucking blast. Hell, sometimes I just code on my personal game project live on Twitch or even go out for a burger and a beer live on stream. I just, you know, pick up a tablet, make the Skype call to my PC so I can stream it and me and Twitch chat, we are fucking on our way and we're having fun, man. Um, we we have fun. <laughs> There's no pressure. It's just playing games and hanging out with friends. I I actually get to play more games on Twitch. I don't have to spend hours planning, researching, and editing for every one hour of playing. And I don't feel like I have that freedom on YouTube. If I upload something that isn't polished Souls lore content, then there's a backlash. And it sucks. You know, I get it. I get it. That's what people want to watch. Cool. But oftentimes they feel the need to click on me playing something else to tell me, like, how much it it sucks that you're a sellout who doesn't make the type of content that we come to your channel for. Like, you know what happens if I'm on Twitch and I'm playing a game people aren't interested in? They just don't click on the channel for the most part. Boom. Solved. Well, mostly solved. I mean, sometimes people do kind of like, like, hey, when are you going to play Dark Souls 2 or whatever? But that's when someone in my chat can just trigger a bot command to answer it. Dark, he's going to play Dark Souls 2 whenever he feels like it. That's the answer. So what are the options for me as I decide how I'm going to spend my time? Well, one, I could just upload to YouTube. I'm not going to do that because the, time, the comment system is terrible. YouTube support is non-existent and I'd make less money anyway. I could just stream on Twitch, and that's honestly really damn tempting, just to not have to deal with the hassle. Um, But having said that, I still feel like there's a lot of people who, for whatever reason, either can't or just don't want to watch on Twitch, who still maybe want to watch some of the things that I would make. Um, I could upload Twitch VODs to YouTube, but I don't really want to do that, because first of all, A lot of things have automated copyright issues on YouTube. That would restrict what I can do on Twitch. Of all things, Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions has copyright issues on YouTube. But, you know, I can play it on Twitch just fine. Uh, And so I've been playing my favorite game of all time, which is Final Fantasy Tactics. I've been having a blast playing it on Twitch. Uh, Second of all, it would be secondhand content for the YouTube audience. And I just don't think that's fair. You know, uh, if you watch the VODs on Twitch, you can at least, you at least you get to see the chat replay so you know what I'm reacting to. Uh, and besides, the most vocal part of the YouTube audience doesn't want casual content from me anyway. So it would literally be just for the money, right? I'd feel like a sellout for real, and I don't really like that option. Um, 
I, I know that there are probably people out there who would say, no, please go ahead and upload those VODs to YouTube anyway because I want to see them uh, and I can't watch on Twitch. But I don't know. Uh, the final option is to stream on Twitch and occasionally upload polished content to YouTube. And I think this is the route that I will ultimately take. I mean, unless you guys just run me off with pitchforks and like, hey, we don't need you on YouTube at all. Go away. <laughs> We're going to watch Fatty and we don't care. And that's like, hey, it's whatever. Because honest to God, I just don't even want to log in anymore. Uh, the amount of work that I've put into things on, on YouTube compared to what I deal with in return and the way the comments are, the way the comments are, <laughs> the way the way they just are. Uh, it, it really makes me not want to have anything to do with it, you know, and it, it's one of those things people always say, just ignore the comments, ignore the haters. And it, it's pretty easy to say that when you haven't dealt with it for years. And I'm I'm tired of it. I'm tired of waiting through shit to find pearls. Uh, things like DJ Slayer's theory about God and demon souls. Uh, that time where I was like speculating, hey, you know what? I don't think that Frakes God's the actual God of the world. I think there is a God because he's mentioned in the intro. DJ Slayer had some very, very, very elaborate thoughts on it. It's it's one of those those comments that stands out through the years. Uh, anything Illusory Wall has ever posted ever has <laughs> been gold. Uh, or even going back to the old days, things like Adjudicator's uh, not adjudicator, judicator, <laughs> uh, adjudicator's alternate way of cutting Seath's tail in Dark Souls. Uh, it never really worked for me. I had my own way of doing it, but uh, I love them. I'll remember those those moments. I'll remember those comments forever. But it's gotten so bad that I'd rather interact with people in a different forum than YouTube comments. You know, there are massive, massive YouTube channels that just either have comments disabled completely or they have them and don't read them. And I've always hated that. I always felt like, well, that that's shit. Like, that's one of the most important things, one of the most, one of the best parts about playing games and making videos for them and uploading them was, was actually being able to read the comments and take part in this community. But um, it, it's gotten to the point where... I just can't take it. I, I can't take it anymore. So I have to retract things that I've said in the past, my criticisms of people who, who did that, because um, I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. And when I actually had to deal with it myself, it's different. So current plan, though always subject to change, is to continue streaming what I want, continue working on my own game project, and to make polished videos on topics I want to cover when I feel like it. And the polished videos can be cross-posted to Twitch via uploads and to YouTube. Comments will probably be disabled on YouTube. I'm done with that. Um, I'll still cross-post the polished videos, but since A, that's the kind of content people seem to want from me on YouTube anyway, and B, some people have difficulty watching Twitch for whatever reason, particularly from overseas. This is something that's been pointed out to me. Uh, I will say that uh, Twitch's relatively new HTML5 player fixed a lot of problems with that. But apparently in many places there are networking issues. And I know Amazon is dumping money into infrastructure and networking solutions and we'll see how it goes. But uh, I get it that for now a lot of people still prefer to watch on YouTube. But for the time being, 
I can support my family by having fun and hanging out with friends while playing whatever game I want to play, however I want to play it, and still have time to work on my game. Uh, I don't have to tolerate nastiness as a part of my daily life. I don't just have to just accept it, that somebody is going to call me whatever nasty names you can think of. Somebody's going to tell me to kill myself. Somebody's going to say some nasty shit about my daughter. I don't have to accept that as just that's part of my job. I don't I don't have to put up with it anymore. Uh, when I need help, I can ask for it and I can get it. You know, why would I not choose that life, right? I, and I see this, you know, people have often complained about their favorite video makers going to Twitch. Well, it's kind of fucking easy to see why. From my perspective, YouTube, as a company, doesn't give a shit about me. They don't give a shit. And Twitch does. YouTube doesn't really do anything to help me. They keep me in a legal gray zone with copyright usage, make it a hassle to deal with copyright trolls, don't protect me from abusive treatment by by commenters, and just generally don't seem to give a shit. So let me ask you, seriously, you, if you had a choice between a job that made you constantly put up with shit, kept you uncertain as to your future, sucked up all your time to the point you couldn't pursue a real passion versus a job that was fun, paid well, and where the people you worked with treated you well too. What would you do? And I'm going to be straight with you. If you're tired of your favorite video makers leaving YouTube, fucking blame YouTube for it. Because Twitch has been the opposite of YouTube in every way. And they've even expressed genuine interest in my game project. And speaking of my game project, this is something, this is finally I can talk about something happy, something something exciting for me. I've been dreading talking about this YouTube stuff, and I'm sorry. I am sorry. I know that there's people who've watched me for years on YouTube, just don't want to go to Twitch, not going to watch on Twitch, and hate it that they're not going to see my stuff anymore. I'm sorry. But... I can't be any more clear about this. Like, I, f I feel like YouTube doesn't give a shit. They don't give me the tools that I need. Engaging in the community is just painful as hell because of all the harassment that I have to deal with. And I earn less money, too. And it leaves me with no time to work on stuff. Uh, so I I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I have an alternative, a, a better alternative. I'm, I'm going to do that. But... Yeah, let me let me let me talk about my game for a minute. Hold on, actually, let me get a drink of water for a second because this is just fucking. Every time I have to fucking talk about this, I just get so f upset. Okay, <laughs> change my change my mindset a little bit here. Uh, talking about my game project, I've finally revealed it a bit. I've finally revealed a bit about it. Actually, I reveal a lot about it. But anyway, this is honestly the thing that excites me the most right now. Uh, so I apologize. I know this is generally, this is more about the games industry and this is me being completely selfish here, but please indulge me for a minute. Project GG is the working title of the game. It's a shmup or STG. In other words, it's a shooting game similar to Gradius or R-Type or more recently, I guess, Resogun. But I'm trying to completely turn the genre on its head in a variety of ways. You often see indie games being described as a love letter to genre X. 
oh, it's a love letter to platformers. It's a love letter to strategy games. It's a love letter to shoot 'em ups. Um, this one is more of a Dear John. Uh, for those of you who don't get that reference, Dear John letters are letters asking to break up a relationship. In other words, this game is being made to address all the things I hate in the shoot 'em up genre. I love games like Xanak, Gradius, and UN Squadron, that's Area 88, um, but I don't like the way modern shoot 'em up development has gone. I feel like it has become increasingly insular. Like they don't seek to pull in new players so much as they seek to continue to to innovate and add depth for uh, the existing players, which which is fine. But what you end up with, you end up with these really obscure scoring systems that don't make any fucking sense <laughs> to a layman. Uh, screens increasingly full of bullets, along with a heavy emphasis on memorization. For me. I want something more tactical with a more distinct ebb and flow. I want something that you can't memorize and instead have to focus on execution. I want something where you're aiming and shooting and dodging, but you're not just mashing buttons. You have to be precise with every shot. So to that end, I've designed some fairly unique systems to foster that sort of play. In the first place, you have a limited amount of energy for shooting and dodging. And you can think about that as being similar to stamina in Dark Souls, but it plays out—it eh, plays out very differently, honestly, because the recharge rate is much lower than what you would have in Dark Souls. Another major innovation is that you have two ships that you can swap between—a blue ship and a red ship—and each one has its own separate energy reserve and own separate one-hit shield. So, if you get hit or run low on energy, you can swap ships to regen your shield and use the reserve tank. But that's on the timer. You can only do it every so often. Critical shots can be performed by timing your shot just as your ship recharges energy. Dodging, on the other hand, is this short-range teleport that also slows down time for a second. It's really cool. You can do some amazing dodges with it. And you can perform critical dodges if you're really good, (laughs) if you're really good, by dodging just at the last second right before you get hit. Uh, you leave an after image behind, and if the enemy actually touches your after image, then you get a critical dodge, and you get you get a refund on that energy. So you can basically dodge for free. Well, almost free. Now, if this sounds to you like a lot of powerful tools for a skilled player, it really is. However, <laughs> the odds that the player is up against can be pretty overwhelming too. See, this is this is one of the biggest mechanics of Project GG. Uh, that is the chat integration chat integration. So what this is, viewers on a Twitch stream can actually spawn enemies in the streamer's game by typing text commands. So just let that sink in for a minute. You can actually spawn the enemy of your choice by typing in chat, and then that enemy will appear with your name and your chosen color. If you kill the player, your name pops up on screen and the the color HUD actually, and your, your color actually infects the HUD, right? So if your name is like bright pink, if you're Charles in charge and you're pink and the enemy Charles in charge pops up on screen, it's got the pink name over it and it hits the player and it's the one that gets the kill. Charles in charge pops up in the middle of the screen and the entire uh, UI turns pink, right? Um, On the other hand, if the player shoots your enemy, you get timed out from chat in real life. Like you are actually temporarily banned from chatting. Uh, it's, it doesn't last long. It's, it's one of those things I'm going to make it adjustable, but there, there actually is a real world 
implication for getting shot in this game. <laughs> you die in the game, you die in real life. And fear not, there will be one-player modes for use when you don't have 30 people or so around to watch your stream. Uh, I, I've got some some ideas to balance it for different different viewer counts, anywhere from zero to several hundred, as a matter of fact. I'm really, really excited about this, guys. Uh, so far, I'm the only one who's had the chance to play it live against the chat room, but I can tell you already, it's gonna fucking rock. I'm just working on making interesting AIs and weapons, along with balancing some different systems. The basic networking already works. I actually made that breakthrough live on Twitch with the help of viewers, and it was a really brilliant moment. Uh, the game works by establishing IRC connections to Twitch's backend chat system using OAuth tokens and then listening for messages sent by chatters. Whenever a message comes through, it's compared to a list of commands that spawned enemies. The enemy can then either be spawned, or it can either be added to a spawn queue along with the chatter's name and colors and whatnot, uh, or not, depending on the resource system. And that's something that I'm still fine-tuning to help balance the game and give it a sense of pacing and development, even against a large number of viewers. So I I'm thinking about this kind of system that if you have 30 viewers, they'll be able to spawn plenty enough enemies as the game progresses to, to still eventually kill the person playing. If you're up against several hundred viewers, it's still going to be limited in such a way that most of the people in chat will have an opportunity to spawn a few enemies. And you're still going to die. <laughs> you're still going to die in the end, right? Like, right now it's a survival-based thing. In any case, the fact that real humans can spawn the enemies and constantly adjust what you're facing means that memorization is not an option. Um, there are other systems that I'm not ready to talk about just yet that will also change the value of any given target dynamically. And I don't mean like the points value of a target, but like on a scale of eh, it's kind of okay if I don't kill that one to holy shit that needs to die. That That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that kind of value will actually change dynamically based on the situation in the game. Uh, and testing this stuff live on Twitch with 500 people hanging out in chat is probably, that's actually probably one of the highlights of my life. I, I, no lie. I mean... It's not up there with the birth of my daughter, but it is up there with meeting Miyazaki-san, okay? <laughs> like, it it's, it's, was seriously a huge moment when Europa spawned that first enemy. Like, it started moving across the screen. I was like, whoa, wait, it fucking works? What? Are you serious? Uh, oh my god, it works. And uh, just like... It's one of those things... I'll never be able to explain to you what it meant to me, but it was really amazing. And I'm currently pushing very hard <laughs> to try to finish an alpha build to unveil on stream by the end of November. I want to do a kind of big reveal at that point where it will be mostly fully featured, the alpha will, hopefully by the end of the month, which is the reason why I'm recording this podcast at 4.12 in the morning. And if I sound very tired, I am very tired because I've just been, I've been busting ass, guys. Like, I've been streaming, um, I've been streaming a lot, a ton, in fact. Um, develop, development is just, like, constant. And I'm still spending time with Kristen, so, yeah. This is, by the way, the main reason I'm not working on polished video content right now. Like, uh, the people who only want Demon Souls lore series now 
are going to are going to hate me and going to hate this game that I'm making because this is what I'm doing instead of that. Um I've said it many times before, but I'll say it again right now. My goal is to make games. That that's my my career goal. Is it was a goal as a hobby, it's a goal as a career. It's it's one of my goals in life. Uh outside of taking care of my daughter, it's probably the most important thing to me. Like outside of taking care of family, making games is just it's important. And I'm honestly so close to actually finishing a design this time that I can taste it. Um and to the voices asking me to step away from it to do something else right now, I'm just gonna have to answer with a polite but firm no. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing I'm doing this this time. I, I'm 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 not gonna step away from it. Too many people have supported me more than they even know at this point, to carry me here. And I'm not going to let them down by failing. I I am doing it this time. And honestly, it's already been in a state where you could even almost call it a game. (laughs) When I was playing it against chat, uh, it's there. The the networking systems work at this point. That that was the major technical hurdle. And it's, it's overcome. So... I know that I can finish this game. I'm I'm nervous about UI stuff. I'm nervous about controller support. Uh, I'm nervous about supporting different resolutions. I, I I'm you know I'm terrified that I release my game and it's a buggy piece of shit for most people. Like I I, I desperately want that to not happen, right? So I'm 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 working hard to try to make sure that it doesn't. But at the same time. I just want you guys to be able to play something that's been in my head for a long time now. So, <laughs> that's it for me, <laughs> the Poison Arrow podcast. Uh, I'm, despite how my my voice has probably been in tone here for the second half of this, I'm actually in kind of a happy, healthy, positive place in my life right now. Uh, there have been hands that have tried to pull me down, but even though there's been numerous hands that have tried to pull me down, multitudinous hands <laughs> have lifted me back up. Like it's it's one of those things, and in ways that they don't even know and don't even appreciate yet. It's going to be something that, when people really understand, that I hope they feel even better about themselves and even more proud. And I really hope that I can make the people who are supporting me in this who are really supporting my dream. I really hope I can make those people proud. And dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, man. <laughs> I, I really don't. Like, it. I shouldn't be able to do this. But somehow, it just keeps progressing. Like, as long as I keep putting time into it, I keep solving problems. Like, the homing missiles only turn left. Well... Actually, if you rethink it and you code it this way, oh, now the homing missiles turn left or right, whichever way's better. That's good. I mean, it's little simple shit like that, but um, I've solved enough problems that I really think I can do it. I love you guys, whether you're pissed at me or not. I'm fortunate in my life to have been able to get to the point where I can even try to do what I'm doing right now. So thank you.
and I'm off. Remember your poison arrows.